guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey there, ladies and gentlemen. It's your host, Brad Silliker, joined by Lucas Candy. Lucas, how you doing tonight? Fantastic. I'm significantly less sick than last time. Well, that's fan- that's fantastic. I'm I'm really glad to hear that because last time it was <laughs> it was a cough fest. But you know what? I left them all in. Didn't edit one cough out. <laughs> I well, I just finished listening to it because it just came up live today. And yeah, it is certainly a a sickly recording. You know what though? For someone who was sick, you did well. I w- I was quite. I really enjoyed that episode. That was a lot of fun. I also had a lot of fun. But I'm really looking forward to this one. I sent you a text just before we uh, before we got on the air together here. It is a jam-packed episode, so we're, we're going to want to get right into this, if that's cool with you. Let's dive right in. You sure? You don't want to talk about feelings or emotions or things first? No, I have enough Fisherman's Friend to last me the whole episode if we get boogie in now. <laughs> okay, well, let's boogie on. Uh, Lucas, you've, you've put something out here. Why don't you talk to us about this? Well, <clears throat> pardon me. Oh, there we go. Already downhill. Um, I, uh, as I've mentioned multiple times, I'm a teacher and we're starting a new semester tomorrow and uh, I teach leadership class and it's very discussion based, but sometimes um, students aren't comfortable discussing, you know, like that, you know, sharing their opinion, that kind of thing. So I, I do kind of like a training session with them where we practice talking and sharing our opinions on stuff. So instead of it being on the book, which we're going to do for most of the, the year, I use these things called hypotheticals, which are just silly made up scenarios where they have to pick something and they're usually designed. So a bunch of people will pick one and a bunch of people pick the other and I get them to, to say what they're going to pick and why. So we've done one of these before a long time ago, the old, would you rather fight a duck the size of a horse or a hundred duck sized um, horses? Uh, And this is a different one. So this one is if they had a pill that you could take and this pill made you 20% smarter but everyone around you thought you sounded 20% dumber, would you take it? Now, to be clear, you are smart, but when you speak, you just don't sound very educated. Well, I I mean, I haven't taken that pill, but that that sounds super familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least the thing about talking and people thinking I sound dumber <laughs> than, than maybe I think. Okay, so so let me just understand this. There's a pill that I'm taking... Mm-hmm. And it will make me, in fact, 20% smarter than I already am. Yep. Your tests, like even your writing would be quite good. But when people hear you speak, no one's like impressed by what you say. Again. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but then they think I'm, they think I sound 20% dumber. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be telling them all about this smart pill that I took. And they're going <laughs> to, guys, guys, I just, I just took this smart pill and they're going to think that I took the opposite. I took the, the red pill. Which one did, right. which one did Neo take? The blue pill? I don't remember. It has probably been, I think I watched that movie at apartment 11. So that would be many, many moons ago. Okay. Hold on. I'm doing a quick Google search for which pill. Oh, look, it came right up. Did Neo take? <laughs> <laughs> That's in the auto population, eh? You, yeah, it is. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I'll show you okay, how yeah. smart the rabbit is. It doesn't say that. It says something else. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so Neo took the red pill. So I'm going to take the red pill. I, I've got, I, 
I could use the smarts. People already think I'm stupid, Lucas. So what's <laughs> what's the issue? They're, I guess if it's not really, you don't see it as like a weakness. I, I just don't think anything's going to change from people's perception. Now, what about you? You you put this out there. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm just vain, but I really don't think I could because a lot of life um, is convincing people, and if they think you're dumb, they won't follow you, or they might not listen to you. Now, one, I now I've never thought of this before today, and I've asked this question before with my students and stuff. But one place this could be very, very useful is if you were a grifter, like if you were like some kind of you know like you know flimflam man or whatever they call them, and they think <laughs> you seem even dumber, and then they'll think, oh, you know this this old hayseed. I'm obviously smarter than him. What are you I talking think, about? I think I think Grifter. carnies could find it very useful as well. Okay, hold like, on. Oh, I'm smarter than this guy. I don't yep. know if anybody knows what you're talking about, which probably means you took the pill. Because, <laughs> because you've said words like grifter, um, this old hayseed, what does that mean? <laughs> you you define, I was going to ask you to define grifter, but then you did it, and I think you called him a flim flam man or something like that. Which, I did, yeah. Okay, hold on. Just doing a quick. I'm a little. Bit, I'm a little unsure of flim flam man, but grifter's a, a thing. Hold on. Doing hayseed a quick, is a thing. Doing a quick Google search. What? Hayseed basically means dumb redneck. What is a um, what is a flim flam man? It, the first thing yes, that came up. Auto populate. Thank you. Uh, oh, a trick or deception, especially a swindle or a yes, convincing a game involving skill for pers- skillful persuasion or clever manipulation. Mm-hmm. So if you're running a lot of scams or, well, I guess I say, or if you're a carny, but I mean, that's the same thing. You're running scams if you're a carny, you know, they'll think you're dumb. They'll think they can get it one over you. Or if you're playing, you know, three card Monty on the side of the, you know, road trying to make some money. I got to be, you appear dumber, they'll be more likely to think they can take you on. I've got to be honest, Lucas, I'm not super familiar with all these gambling games you've mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, don't really spend a lot of time around those things. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's just uh, you know I, I've my 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 rough past, you know, in the in the 1920s as a grifter, as a grift, as a flim flam man. Hey, I'm flim flam man, <laughs> Lucas. Coming, that's me. Coming, count count but, these cans. I have no idea, but, but I do think I do think that I would not take it. So you would take it and say like you're gonna double down on the dumb and you're gonna double up on the smarts or 20 percent up on the smarts. I'm gonna just stick with what I am. Because, I mean, I can get smarter on my own, um, but it sounds like if you take this, you're kind of locked in. You can also sound dumber on your own. Fair enough, and I I often do. I'm just thinking, I'll take this, I become 20% smarter, and smarter Brad would know just don't talk. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, that is a good strategy I've heard people use. Oh, there's a there's a really great quote about, you know, not speaking and removing all doubt. What is that? Do you know? Yeah. What's, can you... Um, yeah, it's um, if, what is it? If people think you're dumb, don't open your mouth and remove all doubt. Right, just let them or think. It like kind of, yeah, it, it, yeah, we're paraphrasing here. Yeah. Had we taken the so, pill, this would not have been an issue. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Except, well, for you, no, except for you, the listener, who'd be like, those those dummies. They've already entered it in and Google auto-populated it to give them the exact right thing. Yeah, as though the listener at this point hasn't said, oh, those dummies. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they took a couple of those pills. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting question, Lucas. Uh, yeah, I just, again, I know I've said it, but I think I would take it. Uh, yep, that's it. And you would not. No, maybe we'll have to do a Facebook poll when this uh, drops in a week and we'll oh, get people yeah. to vote. 
vanity thy name is Lucas. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right. Well, we've got a listener question, and I, I'm sure you've heard this one before. Um, the question is, why is going to church so important? Now, uh, before before you jump in on this, Lucas, I do want to just, nope. uh, I didn't write it in the notes, but I wanted to, to point out one thing. And it's, it's just, um, I know what the question means. You know, why do we all gather together? And, and the common vernacular is going to church. It is important mm-hmm. to recognize that the church isn't a building, that the church is the people. Um, Jesus didn't die for our buildings. He died for his church, for us, the people. Um, so I just want to, I just want everyone to kind of be on the same page that the church is really the people inside the building, not the building. Right. If you took your church and moved it into a gym, or if you took everyone out of your church building and you were just left in it, which would you rather do? And, you know, you'd rather obviously go to that gym with your church people as opposed to stay in the building by yourself. Yeah. I, uh, we did a thing with our youth ministry where we, we stopped calling ourselves a youth group and started calling ourselves a youth church. And I, exp- mm-hmm. I explained the, the, the reasoning and rationale behind that because of, of who we are as Christians and, and why we are a church. It doesn't, so, you know, and is it just semantics? Is it just, you know, you're just saying one thing and, you know, I think it's important, but, um, but the question before us here isn't about that. It is why is going to church so important? Uh, yeah. So the, I had a couple thoughts on this. Um, basically we're, de- we're designed to exist in community, you know, um, even if you're an introverted person and you know, you're not the biggest fan of large crowds and stuff. Uh, you still need people and you just don't need as many or as often. Um, but, you know, going through life with other Christians gives us a built-in support system uh, when we're hurting and cheerleaders when things aren't going our way. One of the problems we have is that the North American culture really prides itself on independence, you know, the self-made man, the self-made woman and doing it on your own and I don't need help, you know. Um, but that's not really how people are designed to, to be. We're designed to live in community and, and help each other. Um but the fact that, you you know, people who think that you can do it all on your own, that's all, you know, hogwash. Um, the Bible talks about, you know, iron. Oh, yes. Thought. Well, no, it just reminded me what you were do saying. Do you need me to define hogwash for you? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, I just, I know what this is like, even as a pastor, um, going into, the, going into the church, I'm, I'm someone that needs some time to myself. I'm not an introvert. I don't know. I kind of find myself in the middle. I'm just a vert. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that works, but um, you know, I, I work in crowds and I'm around crowds all the time, but for my own personal, you know, uh, recharging, I, I need to just get my own time. But I'm saying all that to say this is that I, I very much became aware of how important the church was because as I, as I, as relationships grew here at the church I'm currently at, I, I realized that, if anything ever happened to me, this is going to sound very selfish, I think, maybe. <laughs> if anything ever happened to me, I know that my family will be taken care of by these people. Mm-hmm. Not because of my position here at this at this quote-unquote church, but be- because of who we are as Christians and how we support one another. And um, there was, there's a specific lady here. Her name is Carol. And I've always known that if anything ever happened my family would never go hungry. My, my, they would not go without because there are people here that care for us. And, and, and uh, so, you know, there's value in that. Not, 
how do I, I don't want to make it seem like the only reason I find value in the church is that it will provide for me. That's not the case. There's give and take on both ways, you know, both sides. Right. But I, but I think that that is important to see in the church is that, you know, I can contribute and help and other people can contribute and help back. Um, Lucas, that was just my, my ramblings. Go on. No, no, that's all right. I just, there's, there's not many things more beautiful than a community working the way it's supposed to and a church working the way it's supposed to. Um, I know a friend of mine has a story that it wasn't even so much based out of a church, um, although there were lots of Christians there, and it was this this uh, guy in his community. Um, his wife was in the hospital. They were, they were an elderly couple. His wife was in the hospital, um, and he hadn't gotten his wood in, and it was like starting to snow. And uh, like 10 men just got together and said, let's get this guy's wood in today. And all of a sudden, you know, this army of men shows up with trucks and yep. chainsaws and splitters. And, and, and my friend just talks about it. And he's, I've heard him talk about it several times because it definitely impacted him because he said, you know, it was so amazing. Like this huge, huge job that would have been like a huge chore for this guy to do, especially at his age, was done in like two hours. They just, right. just like locust. And then when they were done, they said, Anybody else need their wood? And they went and did like three more people's woods that day because they were just so excited about it, right? They didn't see it as work. They saw it as as supporting each other and helping each other. And 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 just talking about that that kind of negative culture thing, you know, that can that can hurt a lot of people because they don't reach out for help when they need it because they don't they want to appear strong. And you know, even in the church, you have you know pastors who have moral failings and stuff like that because they. You know, they, they don't ask anyone for help. They don't reach out. And um, recently in, at my church, in my own life, you know, my pastor, he, he took a break. He said, listen, I'm, I, I need to take a break right now. I am, I'm burnt out, essentially. And, and, you know, that was a very brave thing for him to say because there could have been all kinds of people saying all kinds of things. But I've been, I was really impressed with my church. They just stepped right up. You know, the, the staff stepped up and they said, yeah, you're, take, you're not taking a couple days off. Like you're, we're giving you like months off to get yourself where you need to be, like get yourself mm-hmm. right with the Lord and right with your family. And, and, the, and the church just jumped right in and people are supporting them, you know, by with meals and whatever. And it's been just really encouraging to see that that's how it's supposed to work. It, you know, and he could have been scared that people would have thought he was weak or people would have thought, you know, this, that or the other thing. But he was brave enough to take that step and say what needed to be said and say, listen, I need to lean on the community. You know, the community obviously has leaned on this pastor for a long time. He's he's provided a lot of shepherding for them. But then yep. when the time came and he says, listen, I need you guys to shoulder the burden for a bit. They stepped up and and he's kind of, you know, getting the, the rest and, and recuperation he needs. Well, that's, I mean, it's hard. And I know this isn't specifically about pastors, but it is hard for pastors to feel that they can be transparent sometimes. Yeah, sure it is. Right? Yep. Um, well, even as a teacher, Lucas, you know, you there there are people's perceptions and expectations and we're just, we're real, we're real people too. That's right. Uh, and we, we need the church, you know, just as much as they need their pastors and all that. Um, you know, there's some different things about why going to church is important, Lucas, and I know you have more notes. Um, and so by all means, just jump in here. But if I was, if I could just like point form some reasons, you know, number one, and is is that it's commanded by God that, that we should gather together, right? So if you're looking for a reason, if you're a Christian, you're like, "I, I don't, why do I even need to go to church? Well, how about your commander in chief told you to. <laughs> it should be good enough. Uh, it, that in itself should be good enough. That in itself also should really make you consider um, the trend of, of church hopping and mm-hmm. and c- 
con- you know, consumerism in going to church and what can you get out of church? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dangerous place to be. So it's commanded, you know, Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching fellowship, you know, we go to church for fellowship. Um, and we've been talking a lot about that actually right now. Um, second Corinthians one to four, who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those uh, who are in any trouble with the comfort, which I, oh, I, sh- I need to reread this. Who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God? It seemed like a, a lot of W's. <laughs> little wordy. little wordy. But we're able to comfort one another with God's comfort, and together we can share, you know, what we've been talking about, sharing victories and defeats. Um, the church should be a place where people can be loved and accepted just as Christ accepted us, just as we are. Uh, you know, it's teaching. We go to church to, I, I go to church because I, you know, I hear from God all throughout the week, but there is something special I find about being there together with all these people and hearing God's word read and, and, and letting it, you know, take root in my heart. Um, second Timothy two fifteen. do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. It's, we go there for teaching. Um, and maybe, you, you know, whether it's on Sunday or different days, I'm not even, I don't, I don't care what day you go. I don't think that's the biggest thing. I think the fact no. that, that, that we, that you do though, that you, whatever, however you call it, that you go. And um, the last thing that, that I think of that's important for church is worship. And in our very core, we were created to worship and to serve God. Um and when and when we get together uh, at church, we can do that corporately with with a body of people that are of one mind and one spirit. Uh, Psalm one hundred and forty seven, just verse one says, "Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God, for He is gracious, and the song of praise is fitting." And so, so yeah, of course, church is important. And I've heard people say, "Well, you know, I can just uh, you know, when we do this, we offer live stream." Right, because we, mm-hmm. we we want to try and get the word out, um, but people will say, "Well, I just I can just watch it on you know on YouTube, or I can watch it on live stream, and I can guarantee you." And I I don't say this disparagingly about any any of my own church or anything, but you could go on YouTube and find better musicians. You could go on YouTube and maybe find a better speaker or a better quality or better lighting or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what this is about. And it's the difference between watching hockey and playing hockey. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and I've heard people say, you know, I don't need to go to church um, to be a good Christian. I don't need to be a church. I don't need to go to church to be a successful Christian. I've heard that. And I, right. and, well, then I would ask, well, how you doing? You know, <laughs> talk, talk to me about your spiritual life because number one, you're just, you're missing, you're missing something that we've been commanded to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that you do it out of that. I don't go to church out of that rule and regulation thing. That's not where my heart's at, but, right. but I mean, that's, that's there. Lucas, you got more, um, you got more brother, lay it on me. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I go back to, it's one of those verses that I think of all the time, you know, iron sharpens iron, which is, you know, you get the, the, the swords there and they kind of rub them together and they're, they're able to kind of wear them down and, 
Your friends and your Christian community should be like that. It should be encouraging you, yes, and like friends, yes, but also challenging you, you know, um, getting you to be better. You know, the whole iron sharpens iron thing, um, it sounds cool, but, you know, actually sharpening a sword is, it's kind of, it's messy. It's, there's friction, there's sparks, you know, to sharpen iron. It's not always comfortable. Absolutely. Um, but it makes you stronger and it makes you sharper, you know. The best friends I've had are the ones who will ask me, you know, about my spiritual walk and, you know, or me and my wife, you know, we'll say like, how are your devotions going? And we know better than to, you know, try to spin a tail because we've lived with that person. So usually we're asking because we've noticed things aren't going well. And we're like, I'm guessing you haven't been doing your devotions lately. You know, that sort of thing. And it, it it's not always comfortable, but it makes you better and stronger. And, and just going back to my own history, um, one of the driest spells I've ever had spiritually was when I was in university. And one of the reasons for that is because I never got plugged into a church. You know, I was going... I would go home a bunch and I would stay a bunch and I just I just never really plugged into a church and I was like, well, I'm going to university and I've got chapel and I've got this and I've got that. And the university, um, it had a lot of the aspects, you know, there was lots of spirituality and there was even like worship and stuff. It was the kind of like the kind of communal part of church, but there wasn't the community, the, the kind of the church community. I had friends, but I wasn't part of a church family. Uh, and, and so that's one of the reasons, I mean, there's other things too, but the fact that I never plugged into church and I thought I could just kind of coast on my faith, um, was one of those kind of reasons and, you know, things didn't go really bad for me or anything, but, uh, it definitely wasn't a time of great growth for me. Can I just publicly apologize for never having inviting, invited you to, to the church I attended? That's quite all right. I'm, I'm, uh, shoot. I'm not sure if I would have gone. I might have just made an excuse, which is, although, you know, an invitation, it's funny. We often think like, oh, this person doesn't want to go to church or that person doesn't want to go to church. It's surprising how effective an invitation can be, just being asked. I get, and, and if we're just being 100% vulnerable right now, Lucas, I had no sweet clue. I never would have known that. And, and th- as, as you were saying that, I'm like, you know, I was thinking like, you know, I went... I went every Sunday. I got plugged into that community at Lutz Mountain, and and the thought just crossed my mind. I'm like, I don't know that I ever invited Lucas to come. Right, and and I mean, I'm sure I I could have you know asked or whatever. And I did go to a church. Like I did go to church occasionally. I wasn't like choosing not to go to church. No, I just no. let I just let the busyness of you know this that and the other thing kind of get in the way. And then I mean, sometimes I was away, and I did go to church if I was home. But if I wasn't, and I was in Moncton, I just didn't plug in and you know and it's just one of those things that just kind of creeped into your life you know it wasn't a uh, conscious thing mm-hmm. and i wasn't you know making that choice but um it, that's kind of what happened and and that the two things i think would be that and the whole like i was surrounded by christians and i was surrounded you know i was going to crandall university and you know people speaking christianese and you know chapel and all this stuff and it was great i mean i wasn't having any big crisis of faith I was just kind of coasting, just kind of let it, just let you know, letting the Christianity happen around me. But that doesn't—that's not how it works. Like you know, you have to plug in, you have to read your Bible, you have to be doing these things. And if you'd asked me, like, "Oh, you're a Christian? Oh, 100 percent." And do you think your faith is strong? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I wasn't actually building anything. I was kind of treadmilling backwards a little bit, right? It's interesting when you look back at that, because mm-hmm. you can see, like you said, maybe in those moments, if I had I asked or or anyone, you maybe no, and and if they asked you then how you were doing, you'd think fine but now you look right. you, you kind of look back now and go hmm, hmm. but hmm. I'm, but you know what we're we're here now and and yep. that's not and that's not the the story today yeah right my 
my brother lives up north and, you know, in a little northern community. He's in the RCMP. And he and I'll talk to him about, oh, church or this. And like, there's not a lot of choice for church, right? Like, if you're going to be picky about churches, there's plenty of reasons not to go up there. But they go anyway. And he says, you know, it's like it's and my parents are in a similar situation. They live in a town that doesn't have a ton of church options. Um, but they go and they're faithful and they they like God has us here for a reason. And you know what? The worship between my brother and my parents, you know, maybe the worship isn't their favorite. Maybe the speaking isn't their favorite. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons not to go because it's not perfect. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not exactly what they want, but they said, listen, God can use me. And God has used both my brother and my parents where they are um, in, you know, less than perfect church situations. He's used them a lot. And I've seen that. So I've learned lessons just kind of watching them. Um, Do your parents live in a place that begins with the letter W? Yep. Listen, I know a church in the area, uh, and I'm a, I'm gonna make amends for my mistake of the past. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them when this is over and, and invite them to that church. It sounds good. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, well, Lucas, it's important that we go. I, I think even just kind of. I mean, what we had in our notes. We went way off, and and but it, I think it really showed the importance, which is totally fine because I think it showed the importance uh, that church has played in our lives. Yeah, and, and I don't say time. I don't say this to in to in, in any way to rub it in, but I found that my university experience, and we're not going to get into the academic experience, <laughs> <laughs> probably for the best, probably for the best. Um, but I actually found that during that time for me. Uh, was time of significant growth spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's because I, when I moved to Moncton, I immediately got connected in with uh, a local church. And, and my in for them was because I was I, I played drums and I, right. I knew some people that went there. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- it really did. It made a difference. And I don't say that to be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> look, look what it did to me. <laughs> sorry, it's hard to see you up on your high horse there, Brad. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Air's real but thin up here. But it's, it's, it's important to remember that because we might have some listeners who are getting ready to go away to university and, you know, you hear all this stuff about, oh, you know, oh university, yeah. you know, it's so secular and so this. And yeah, it can be for sure. But a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself with. If you go to a secular university, but you find that, you know, that Christian group and you find that church and you plug in, it can be a time of great growth. Or you could go to a Christian university, the churchiest university that's ever been, but you don't plug in and you're just trying to coast through life there, yeah, you're going to go backwards. There's not really a, there's not really a, you know, neutral when it comes to your faith. You're usually moving forward or backwards in some direction at some speed. It, it thought just hit me that you're right. We, we, there's, there's so much concern for our university students that, that leave the, the bubble mm-hmm. and, and go into secular universities and right. then, and then we we you know we see the statistics and we see all that stuff where you know they've they've rejected their faith or or they're you know stagnant in their faith or whatever we want to say. Yeah. But the thought just occurred to me that if if all I do in my life as a Christian is surround myself with Christian people, right? What good is that? Mm-hmm. And we're sending uh, young adults full of energy and and all kinds of whatever into mm-hmm. places where they could be light for Jesus and, and literally a mission field right around them in these universities. 
so how are they going to how are they going to maintain because so much changes right when you go to university new people new yep. experiences all this stuff mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out who you are early 20s man i like i remember that um i really think you know if you're a university student or going into university uh, start looking now. Don't wait until you're there because the moment you're there, it's going to be all kinds of different, you know, frosh weeks and, and all these different things that are going to come your way. So, yep. so plan now and find a local church in that area. You know, if it's not your denomination, okay, so what? Make sure number one, that they believe in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and, and, um, and that they believe that the Bible is true. Um, because uh, other there's other things out there that will say that Jesus, you know, that believe in Jesus, but they can be a little wonky. So <laughs> I, I I don't know how else to put that. E email uh, Oxford Holy Club at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll 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 let you know. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll judge them for you. We'll, oh dear, <laughs> that could have came out better. Seriously though, <laughs> if if you're going, if you're listening to this podcast, or you know someone that's going, you know, we would be more than happy to help you find a local church in the area. Uh, to connect them in with, because I really, you know, it, I really think that would be the key to your success. Um, exactly. Uh, of, of maintaining your spiritual growth when you leave the bubble and everything you're used to. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our, not a sponsor break. The part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does we're in the dead of winter. Well, it's actually plus five in February, but we're in the dead of winter. And what cracks in the dead of winter? Your lips. That's right. So I'm happy to bring to you Burt's Bees Beeswax Lip Balm. This, guys, is your typical beekeeper meets artist story. It began in Maine about 30 years ago. Bert the beekeeper was happily selling honey from the back of his truck, but fate had other ideas for the bearded hero. When he met Roxanne Quimby, Bert and Roxanne hit it off, and before long, she was making candles with unused wax from Bert's beehives. At some point, they all thought it was a good idea to rub it on their lips. For those original candles to the iconic beeswax lip balm to over 180 products, Burt's Bees has a guiding principle. Nature has the best answer. At Burt's Bees, when they say natural, they mean natural. On average, Burt's Bees products are 99% natural, with over half of the products being 100% natural. They are responsibly sourced, sustainably made, and naturally moisturizing. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at healing those cracked lips than Burt's Bees Lip Balm. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad that you're still here with us. We're actually going to do something a little bit different now. Uh, normally, we'd move into another question, but we really spent a lot of time on that last one, and we want to try to be respectful of the, the length of our episodes. We're really trying to lock it down into like that you know, 35, 40-minute window, make it something that's easily digestible. Um, so what we're going to do is save the question because, uh, frankly, the uh, the question that we want to start talking about, and I'll just I'll just I'll give you, I'll give it's a you, doozy. I'll, I'll give you the preview. the 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 question is, what is salvation? And then that question got broken down into four, five, five sub questions. 
all with scripture and conversation and and things. And we really want to take the time to talk about this appropriately. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to save that for next week's episode. So make sure that you tune in next week and we're going to hit that question. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to start, actually, we're just going to, we're going to move on to our, our last Yahoo answer question and, and, uh, and then see where the episode takes us. Maybe just some freestyle. <laughs> we'll just riff on it, you know, we'll really just riff. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, Lucas, are you ready for this? I'm ready. This Yahoo answer question comes from user Blade Knife, spelled not the way you'd expect. B L A Y D E. Anyway, not to be confused with you know barrel gun or tire car or something else like that. Uh, sure. The question before us is this: Could you use grease for lip balm? Here's the context: I'm broke. And I have some cork grease, even regular grease for chapped lips. Uh, so we've got a gentleman here, I assume gentleman, that has uh, no money and chapped lips. And they're wondering if they can use, use cork grease. Now, full disclosure, I forgot to look up beforehand what cork grease is. I think I know, uh, but I'm checking it out. Um, cork grease is a lip balm like grease for woodwind and reed instruments such as saxophones, oh. clarinets, bassoons, and oboes. For, for the woodwinds. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that that's what it was. I thought it was a grease you put on like wine corks so you could get them down in the bottle. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think that. I thought <laughs> um I just saw the word grease and I, I, I don't know why I, did, I don't know what I was thinking. I actually thought it was going to be like uh, grease that you would see in an automotive shop. Oh yeah, like WD forty or you know ten W thirty. No, no, no. Like you got a grease gun, you're going and like you got to grease your wheels and you got to grease all these different stuff and you know you put it like on black, super thick, yes. sticky stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought this person was asking about. But they're at, now their question doesn't seem yet again. <laughs> <laughs> and looking up what they're talking about, I am the idiot. Darn that red pill. I was going to say, we took that pill. <laughs> um, so uh, they're looking to use this cork grease for their chapstick. Uh, now, user happy, happy Little Egg says, you could use oil, you know, that you typically use for cooking, but cork grease and regular grease won't do anything for your lips. Drink a bunch of water and your lips won't be as chapped. But if the weather is dry slash cold, I'd recommend cooking oil. This person, instead of recommending them go to a store, oh, I guess they're broke. Do you think if you're broke, here's the question. You're broke and yet you have cork grease and, and cooking oil. Which do you choose? I mean, sell one of your woodwinds and then you can afford tons of chapstick. There you go. I thought of, uh, when I thought, I'd, the person said I'd recommend cooking oil, I thought of a spray can of Pam. Because we, like, yeah, like, put it up to your face and it's, and then going out the door. <laughs> it smells like waffles. It's <laughs> Nice. I, uh, I, I posited uh, maybe, you know, bacon grease. I mean, that's going to be, taste delicious, keep things, you know, hydrated. Uh, you're going to smell fantastic. You do have to worry about neighborhood dogs. I mean, that is, you're going to get, you're, you're going to get, get hop on. You're going to get started. You're going to get some hop ons. <laughs> uh. Well, my, my question, my whole reaction was like, 
when he said like I can lend you, I can send you mine at the end, he says, I can send you lip balm. And I'm like, Do you mean like your used lip balm? <laughs> yeah, and first that was my first thought. And my second thought was I don't you do you use lip balm? Like truth truth time here. Oh, okay. So truth time, yes. I've I've used it like a few times in my life, mostly mostly just out of like curiosity. But like maybe I just have like really resilient lips. I've never had like crapped cracked lips or anything like that. Um, but I always got the impression that like all the, all those like lip chap things, it's kind of like one of those like hamster wheel phenomenon. Like you start using it, and then you have to keep using it, otherwise they'll crack more. And you know you know once you're hooked, you're into it. Um, and then I was just stream of consciousness thinking about lip balm. And then I thought, remember lip smackers? Do you remember lip smackers? I do remember lip smackers. I mean, not for dudes, obviously, but like... No, no, you know, no, 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 man. Back, I didn't. back when we were in middle and high school, I mean, every girl had a purse full of lip smackers or one fl- one like flavor they were like super into. Yep. And I remember that was like such like a part of, you know, my existence in middle high school. And now I don't think I have seen, you know, lip smackers. I wonder if they went into business. I'm curious now. I'm about to Google it. What happened to lip smackers? Uh, I don't believe... Oh, just one second. My wife just came in the house. Hey, Melissa, did you have a favorite flavor of lip smacker growing up? No. No. <laughs> and she said it kind of like disdainfully, I like could, she's better than lip smackers. I could hear. It would have been strawberry. It, it would have been, it would have been strawberry, she said, but it wasn't because she's too good for that. Don't you, how, uh, if you don't mind me asking this question on the air and I can edit it out after, how old, yep. how old is your oldest daughter? My oldest daughter is five. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she's mo- pretty pre-lip. Now I gave her one of those like what are the what are those like? It's um I think they're called EOS or something. It's like a little round ball. That you open it up and it's got lip balm on it. Okay. I got one at like a giveaway at some like trade show I was at, and I gave it to her, and I assume she'd lose it. Hold like, on. A day. Hold on. What? What kind of lip balm trade show were you at? I was at truth the time. Run, uh, truth truth time. time. Yeah. Here we go. I was at the Brunnet Technology Expo in Fredericton. I go every year where they like tell us about the newest things in technology, and they always give away the randomest stuff. Like I got a cool sunscreen. You know, yeah, well, one of them was spray on sunscreen. Th- things to uh, protect foam the skin. Buffaloes that my children promptly ate, um, and then oh. one of them was giving away these little lip smackers. Not lip smackers, sorry, the little lip balms. And I thought, oh, that's definitely Esther. So I got one for her, assuming she'd like either eat it in one sitting or just like lose it. But she still has it like, and that was back in September or October. So it's still kicking somehow. It's it's survived, although, yeah, she seems to, she likes the idea of it. That's for sure. Uh, Well, I'll tell you that Lip Smackers, while not a sponsor, do in fact exist because my daughter who is nine has been fascinated and obsessed with all things that are lip balms and and she really she really would like lipstick um i'm not there yet she's nine (laughs) um fair enough but lip balms and things like that so you know lip smacker lip smackers moved more into the it looks like i'm I'm on their website now looks like they moved more into the kid friendly stuff as opposed to the the preteen teeny bopper teen you oh, know, so they've they've gone younger than their demographic. Then they've gone younger uh, than what this it was. Been the lip gloss podcast with Lucas and Brad. Yeah, uh, where we do deep dives into the world of lip balm and lip 
various things. Um, Fine. Yeah, I think I now there. I did have one thing of lip balm in my life, and I, when I lived in Ottawa, I was skating with my wife on the canal, as you do if you live in Ottawa. And every like sure. kilometer is like a little village with like you can buy beaver tail desserts and like there's a bathroom and a fire and all this stuff, and they'll have little tents. And I went to this tent. It was a PlayStation tent, like PlayStation what? for some reason. Set up a tent on the canal. And so I skated in there and they had like demos of probably like PS3 games or whatever. And they're, they were giving out PlayStation branded lip balm. Uh, so I took one cause it was free and I used it and it wasn't very good, but I, but I kept it for multiple years. Cause I'm like, well, what if I need it? You know, what if I develop a, you know, crusty lips? Uh, <laughs> thankfully I never did. I'm glad you were saved from the plight of the crusty lip. <laughs> Thank you. PlayStation. Uh, oh, a PlayStation tent. That's the coolest thing I've heard of today. It w- it's a weird place to put a, a PlayStation tent on a on a river that just happens to be frozen. I mean, it was a it was a surreal experience. If I didn't have the the lipstick, I probably would have lipstick lip balm. <laughs> I would have assumed I had made up the whole thing. <laughs> <coughs> oh, hey, um, you should check your email. I should check my email. You should, eh? you should check your email. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, well, it looks like someone doesn't know what my email is because I don't see anything in there. Oh. oh wait, I'm reloading. Reloading. Slowly loading. Stay with us, listener. Stay with us. I'm sure it'll be worth it. It had better be. Nope, you didn't send it to the right email. I'm. <sighs> check check <laughs> check your spam. How's your what's your spam folder like? <laughs> what are you sending me? Uh, did you send it to my work one? No, I sent it to your personal one that you use for like your gamer tag stuff. Oh, I don't have access to that right now. <sighs> next. <laughs> All right, listener, come back next week to hear about the emails that Lucas just got. <laughs> That's right. Plural. Anyway. Um, okay. Did we ever talk about the question initially? Did we answer this? Can you, can you use cork grease? No, you cannot use cork grease. Should you spray Pam in your face? No. Should you put bacon grease on? Not unless you want hop-ons. No, should, I just want hop-ons. Should you accept the the charity of a random internet user that's offering to send you their lip balm? Absolutely not. Oh, email Sony PlayStation of America and ask them for some free lip balm. Oh, there, there's your answer. Thank you, Lucas. Solved. Solved. Done. All right, man. Before we get out of here, why don't you hit me with one of your book recommendations? I know that you're a, an avid book reader. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think I've recommended this one before, which is kind of funny because it's a it's a pretty you know important book to me. Um, uh, it's John Maxwell's The Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, John Maxwell is like kind of the undisputed you know leader of leaders kind of guy, um, and he's written a ridiculous amount of books. Like it's it's into the dozens. I think I read somewhere it was like seventy or something crazy. Um, and every time I read one, it's like, maybe this will be the, the dud, but so far they've all been really good. But 21 laws of leadership is kind of his, his kind of the big one he's known for. Um, actually in that leadership class I was talking about when I'm teaching them how to discuss, I'm teaching them how to discuss this book. Cause we're going to be going over it because I think it's so important. Like if I had known some of these laws of leadership when I was their age, it might've, you know, saved me some, 
stress and stuff down the road and might have gotten me a little further ahead a little faster. So John Maxwell, 21 Laws of Leadership. Uh, they're not hard to find. They're all over the place. If you see it in like a yard sale or Value Village, pick it up. If not, buy it brand new. It's worth the 20 bucks. Very well. I will look through my library and see if I have it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine would be Kenneth W. Osbeck, 101 Hymn Stories. Now, for those of you that don't have a sweet clue what a hymn is, um, it's a song. That's it. it. It's songs. And it's, you know, uh, songs that that you've definitely heard in the church if you've gone before, like Amazing Grace or Softly and Tenderly. Uh, those are also songs that you can find on Brad Tilliker's hymn CD available. At, and I'm just sorry. I'm, I shouldn't plug my well, CD. Well, actually, you should. And quick question for you, Brad, is one of the songs that you sing on your album... Um, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene because I know I think of you every time I hear that song. Well, thanks, buddy. Uh, no, it's not. Although, if if there's hymns part two, the B sides, um, maybe that one can make it. But I anyway, so. I have found like we sing these songs in church all, all the time, and it's really interesting to hear the stories that um, that you know, uh, of what was going on, like amazing grace. You would be surprised to know about the author of what, that's crazy of what he was involved in before he wrote that song. I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe there can be a segment on the, on the podcast. (laughs) We have 101 episodes now. Great. Debunking hymns. Have you gotten to the the background of It Is Well With My Soul? Uh, no, I'll have to look into that it. that one is oh. pretty crazy as well. I learned about it on an episode of Adventures in Odyssey, um, but I guess you'll learn about it from the book. I'll, I'll have to read it in the book. Anyway, that would be my recommendation. Well, we just want to uh, thank all the listeners. Uh, thank Brad, of course, and thank all these wacky people on the interwebs giving us questions. Um, you can follow our podcast at Facebook um, or on Twitter or Instagram at Oxford Holy Club or email OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. Uh, if you're using social media, uh, you can use the hashtag, hashtag OHClub. Uh, if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, we will read your review uh, over the airwaves. Now, if you can... You can become a supporter of this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can support the podcast for as low as $1 a month or five, or if you really want to go hog wild, you can give up to $10 a month. Lucas, isn't that just affordable? So affordable. So affordable. People help us keep the lights on. Here, we, don't, we don't do this often with our hat in our hand coming to you. If you can, that's fantastic. If you can't, do not worry about it. We get it. But more importantly than any of that, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.